Hello and welcome to Views from the Market, Mid-Market Private Equity and M&A in Canada. My name is Mario Negro and I'm a partner at Steichman Elliott in the Private Equity M&A Group. I'd like to welcome our special guest today, Lena Cook. Lena is the co-founder and CEO of Access Law. Lena, thank you and welcome to our podcast. Good afternoon, Mario. Nice to be here. Lena, I'd like to start by uh, learning a little bit more about yourself and Access Law is such a unique uh, platform that to learn a bit about Access Law as well. So when we start there, I'd love, love to learn more about you and Access Law. Oh, absolutely. Well, first of all, thank you very much for having me this afternoon. Um, a little bit about Access. We started the business um, about 10 years ago, almost 10 years ago now, nine and a half. And the idea uh, when we began was we wanted to create a law firm that was consumer focused, technology friendly, um, and essentially a user friendly option for Canadians to have their consumer legal needs met. So when we started, our services were very spread between real estate, wills, probate, a little bit of family law, things that everyday Canadians need and sometimes have a difficult time accessing, hence the name. Um, over time, the company has really evolved and we've become um, you know, very focused on being able to provide our services through technology um, such that Canadians across the country can sit on their couch and be able to do a will at 10 o'clock or close their real estate transaction from their cottage or while they're on holiday. So um, I think, you know, if we kind of rewind nine years, I wasn't practicing law at that time. I was younger. I think I'd been out of school for a few years. I was running a real estate investment company and we had a lot of occasion to hire lawyers. And I just had a few frustrating experiences and thought, you know, th there's got to be a better way. There has to be a more efficient process for some of these transaction type services we were paying lawyers to provide. Um, so that's how it all began. And it's evolved over time to what it is today. We're about, let's say, 80% real estate focused now, 20% other adjacent services such as wills, probate, whatnot. And we very much take a business approach to the provision of legal services. Um, we try to put ourselves in the seat of the consumer, the end consumer, the client. <laughs> and we say, okay, from a client's perspective, how do I want this to look and feel? Just like most other businesses. And I think that's something that is often missing. And it's something that, you know, instead of designing our services around what works for us, you know, nine to five schedule, you have to come to my office downtown, we try to design it around how do we make this a really user friendly experience for our clients? Lena, I have to tell you, you know, as a, as a lawyer, you know, we are not exactly known in this space for being innovative. We're not, uh, this is, this is not exactly ground zero, uh, sector for, uh, for new ideas, innovation, which was what makes, uh, access law so interesting. I mean, when you started it, you didn't, it wasn't an M and a strategy. It was all organic. I'm guessing in terms of the way you started access law. And it, uh, if you can give us a flavor of where you were at, where you started and how many people you serve and clients, cause, uh, from what, what I know about it, it's just an incredible story to see what you've created here in, in a space that's just very hard to grow and to scale. And, and yet you've done that on this platform in, in, a, in a super exciting way. Oh, thank you, Mario. And I mean, I certainly don't mean to say that we don't have a lot of uh, innovative lawyers out there. I know, you know, yourself included, there are a lot of lawyers out there who are doing amazing 
and non-lawyers for that matter, in the legal space, we're doing very innovative things. But yes, to your point, the industry itself, I think we've been slower than most to really put, you know, put the consumers, put the client in the driver's seat. So um, yeah, I'll, I'll start at the beginning for sure. So we started with a much less of a technology focus. Again, this is about nine years ago, just with the simple premise that Canadians need legal services. They have a hard time figuring out where to get them, what they're paying, and who to get them from. So I started the company with Mark Morris, and uh, we worked together on this for about five years. And we both had a background in retail. We'd worked for a company that you know developed Walmarts. We had a, a bit of a flavor for retail. So we thought, if we want to bring legal services to Canadians, we should be in a high traffic area, put ourselves in front of Canadians, and you know that's how this this business will work. So we approached Walmart, we approached Loblaws with our idea and <laughs> with our business plan, and they loved it. So Access Law version 1.0 was open up a number of these Access Law offices across Ontario within Walmart stores, within Loblaws stores, and sort of like you know the the little kiosks that you see that will you know whether it's you know to do your tax return or get your nails done or get a coffee or dry cleaning we had our offices right there so you cash out of walmart you walk by we'd have a couple of tv stands on a pole by the entrance that would you know show our full price list you want to get you know a will it's you know 249 you want to buy a house it's 999 that type of thing so the prices are right up there in your face while you're walking by and it was a great model we went and we opened up 14 of these across ontario we were growing very quickly uh, and they were profitable. They made money. So I think at that point we realized, okay, we've proven the business case. This works. This is something Canadians want. But it was also, you know, 2017 at this point. Um, I was pregnant with my son and I was thinking, okay, this is great. We've just been working on this for a few years. How do we really throw, you know, some gas on this fire? It's not 1980 anymore is the way to scale this business really to go through all 400 Walmarts across Canada or whatever the number was and open up brick and mortar offices? Or is the idea, hey, how do we scale this virtually? Like most other industries were trying to do at the time. We unfortunately had a few more obstacles in our way, which you would be very familiar with. Many of them, you know, like we couldn't at that time close real estate transactions virtually. We couldn't do a will virtually. So there were a lot of rules in place set by either you know the attorney general's office or the law societies that prohibited us from being able to scale it the way that we wanted to so we started to lobby the government um quite aggressively i guess i could say and we started to make some headway we began to offer some of our services virtually the ones that we could just to sort of get the workflows done properly what are the technologies we want to use what are the platforms we want to build what makes sense. Now, this is back in 2018. So really, really working on how to make this feel like an efficient experience for clients. You shouldn't have to come to our office four times to get a will. You should be able to sit at home, do it in 60 minutes, including meeting with the lawyer, having your document drafted, um, et cetera, et cetera. So we spent a lot of time on just really refining these processes and building out the technology that would support us to be able to provide these services. And we had a timeline, we thought maybe by 2023, 2024, we'd be able to lobby the government enough to allow us to do everything, at least across Ontario virtually. Then, you know what happened in March of 2020? 
all of a sudden the world ground to a halt. COVID arrived on the scene. And within a couple of months, everything we were hoping to accomplish in the next three or four years suddenly became possible. So it was, I guess, one of the sort of silver lining stories of the, the last couple of years. So all of a sudden we were in a really, really good position where we had all of the pieces in place to be able to close homes virtually across the province and you know provide will services and whatnot so we started to uh you know market our services we had i think about 150,000 clients in our database at that point and people just went crazy for it people were refinancing their homes i think you know how the real estate market has been over the last couple of years it just hasn't stopped it has been a real um, you know, a real success story. And, you know, a, a big piece of that has been just timing as well. So a lot of ups and downs over the year, but uh, a lot of ups. And that's been, you know, the last two years, it's just been growing exponentially because those pieces just happen to be in place. You know, and, and one of the challenges for you, Len, is, I mean, it's becoming a technology business, um, you know, web-based, but at the same time, there's people behind it. How are you managing to kind of, you're, kind of dealing with a business that requires both. It requires intense human capital, but at the same time, really good technology. So how how is the people part of it keeping up? Or how do you, how, I mean, I can only imagine how your life must have been in May 2020 when you, you saw the opportunity in front of you and things completely kind of opened up for you in terms of the ability to use technology. But then you have to, of course, find the staff and find the people and, you know, the back end of that. So I'm curious to hear your experience and how you kind of built the back end of the business to meet the new opportunity. Yeah, so that, that's, a great, um, that's a great question. And anybody who runs, you know, a technology company will tell you, you can have the best technology in the world, but if you don't have the team, if you don't have the vision, but even more importantly, if you don't have the team aligned and understanding your vision, you're not going to be able to succeed. So we were fortunate in that coming into, you know, the pandemic and when we really started to accelerate the growth of our technology services, we had a very strong team in place, many of which had been with us for years. And we were very aligned in terms of what our vision was. Now, part of that is, you know, I think we were fortunate when we started out, we just got a few very key people who have been with us all the way through. Another thing is we, we meet a lot. So we, I think, really understand intimately the fact that, you know, the technology that we build our building is important. We get feedback from the team constantly but we're a team that meets. So we, we do, we don't sort of meeting people out, but we're constantly asking the people on our team who are using it for feedback, what's working, not what's not working. We want to hear from our clients. We want to hear from our team. We most importantly, we want to hear from our referral partners as well, what's working. So the team, I think, um, they do feel very aligned in what we're trying to do. And they feel, I think that we want their feedback and that we're excited to have it. And that it's actually going to be useful moving forward. So moving forward when we continue to build out the team for whatever role, because frankly, in, in legal services, you still need people, you know, and people is our biggest asset. Um, bringing people on board, a big part of that was just being able to effectively communicate what we are trying to do, why we're trying to do it. This is what we're all about. And, you know, if that resonates with you, great, let's talk about how you can be part of this team. If this doesn't, that's okay too, because it's not gonna resonate for everybody. But my job is to make sure that I can effectively communicate to you from day one what we're all about. And then we can see whether or not there's a good fit. You've essentially created a business where 
in some ways a very old school business where people associate the service with physically touching someone you know mm-hmm. you know not all legal services are tied to being in front of them but you know people when they talk about buying a property they kind of want to see their lawyer to sign you know sign papers in front of their lawyer when they do a will and yet it you know your success has been on kind of almost disengaging them from that tra- tradition how has that been have you have you found that clients kind of gotten over that feeling like, well, if I to do my will, I have to physically see my lawyer or to do, you know, to do my real estate closing, I have to physically see my lawyer. But your model seems to be moving uh, to almost like a, a re-education for the consumer when it comes to these type of legal services. You don't have to physically see your lawyer to, to be able to provide the same quality and level of service. Mm-hmm. No, absolutely. And look, there's always going to be a small subset of the population that it's just not going to be for them. And that's okay. We're, we're never going to make nine, you know, 110% of the population happy. That's just not going to happen. But I, what I will say is I was initially, I had concerns about that as well. Um, it has been a much less, it, much less of a concern than I thought it would be. The big takeaway for me was it comes down to communication and trust. If people, when they are onboarded or they have their very first experience with access law, if they feel like they're well taken care of, we reach out proactively, we communicate what is going to have happen and we set expectations clearly. People feel comfortable right off the bat. They, are, they feel much, um, much less of a pull to have to hop in their car, drive downtown, find parking, go up the elevator, you know, bring their kids in their minivan with them if, they, if that's what they have. It's a lot to do. So I have found that you know, communication and just being very clear about what's going to happen and taking care of people we want to be reaching out to our clients and explaining what's going to happen before they have to reach out to us and say, you know, you know, what do I need to do? It's, it's really sort of, um, uh, we, want them, we want to make them feel like they, they're being provided with a white glove experience. Um, the other part of this is that we have not just to keep our clients happy, our referral partners. So a big part of our business is referral based. You know, we do our online advertising. I would say, you know, if I were to sort of just write down the different routes that people come into our business. We have direct marketing, which accounts for, you know, a small percentage of people. They come in, they don't know us yet. So we have to build trust from the ground floor up. These are people who probably for their last will or their last home, they did exactly what you just explained. They went in, they, you know, spoke with a lawyer at their physical office downtown or whatever. We have a bit more of an uphill battle, but it has not been that difficult. It's all about how we can sort of present our case. the next cohort, I would say, are a referral from family and friends. We have huge proportion of our clients are referrals. People come in, they have a good experience, they tell their family and friends about it, or they're re- repeat clients, right? Um, and then another big chunk are referrals from real estate agents, mortgage brokers, uh, financial advisors. And part of what we have to do here is also make sure that our referral partners are very comfortable with what are our services, how are we providing them. And again, all comes back to communication. So a big competitive advantage that's helped us a lot over the last uh, last couple of years is we built out uh, a platform where our clients can log in, our referral partners can, can log in. And this is especially helpful for people who are doing real estate transactions. You log in, you can see the status of your transaction. So for example, Mary, if you're building a house or buying a house, you'd be able to log in, check, you know, see all the documents that have been uploaded see what your outstanding items are, see when the money has come in from your bank, if you're financing your purchase, see when the keys are ready. 
um, see what's happening with the other side. Has the other side signed yet? Have we signed yet? Can I pick up my keys? Can I call my moving truck? Can I call my mother-in-law? Right? There's, uh, there's more control, thing. more control for the client. I mean, that's yeah. very hard when the traditional model, cause you gotta go find your lawyer and you know, they're busy and you, you end up having gaps. So you, you give people control, more control over the transaction. Exactly. Exactly. I don't know if you've um, ever read the, uh, the legal trends report. Um, Clio puts it out every year and it, it's North American based or it actually might just be American based, but the biggest complaint that clients have, um, is transparency, not understanding what is going on, even more so than money. You would think it would be, oh, you know, lawyers are too expensive. It's understanding what's happening, how it's happening, why it's happening. And what we've done is really opened that up and kind of, you know, peeled back a bit of that onion and said, look, this is what we're doing. This isn't this special hidden thing where the lawyers are sitting behind the, <laughs> the curtains and doing their special work. Let's open this up people are smart. This is the age where people want to be able to log on the internet and, you know, figure things out for themselves. Let's help them do that. Let's educate them. And Len, I mean, this has been a, a great story in, on so many levels. Uh, you know, personally, I'm excited because I always like to see new innovation in the provision of legal services. You know, people always say to us, uh, we can't change, but I mean, you, you demonstrate that we can, there, there are different ways of providing legal services when you look to what you've created access law and where you look about where you want to go what does the future hold for this business where where do you go from here or i guess how far can you go where are the boundaries i mean you're you're focused on growth i know we've talked about your strategies for the future is MA a strategy is is there a way of uh, reaching out to more people with the platform how do you do that wanted to get a sense of where you go from here in terms of your growth story and what are the strategies you're using to grow Again, great. You've got great questions, Mario. So this is um, this is an interesting one because it's almost like you're you're drinking out of a fire hose. There are there are a lot of options where you could take things. So we we looked at a lot in the past. Look, do we want to be more of a full service consumer online legal service provider where you know, as I said, you can sit up in Timmins, for example, and get your will done and do your real estate transaction, and we can get your divorce done, or do we want to find one of these these um, subservices and really just hit it out of the park? So we made a decision a few years back that we were going to put most of our energy and most of our effort on real estate. And there are a few reasons for that, which, which I'll explain. The other services which we still provide are great adjacent services. You know, you're buying a house, you may want to update your will or get your first will. You know, probate, that's something a lot of people need at some point for, for members of their family. There are services that naturally go with it. But what was so attractive about real estate to us is it is such a, it, it's a service that really, it requires, it demands workflows. And that's kind of the way, you know, the type of business I've always been attracted to. Something that I can look at the, you know, the workflows, the pieces, the steps, what needs to be done and find a way to make them shorter, make them tighter, make them more you know, user friendly, make them more efficient. So first part of my answer would be, we will be continuing to really triple down on our real estate services. They've grown, I think we're growing at I think, 240% last year, and we're looking to do at least the same again this year. So it's a very, now that everything can be done virtually, the floodgates have opened. And I think what you're going to see in this industry, especially for real estate closings is you're going to see a few companies 
um, really start to eat up a bit more market share because it is so fragmented. So right now, the probably the market leader has less than two and a half percent across Canada. And again, now that you can, you know, really provide these services across the not not fully across the country yet, but certainly across the province and some other provinces, you can start to really scale the business if you have the foundation in place and the technology in place and the people in place. Now, I think your question also related to, well, like, how are you going to finance this? Are you going to, is it going to be organic? Um, so a big part of our growth is organic. It's, you know, people on average will buy a home every seven years. You also have refinancing of homes and a big part of our growth again is our referral base we have over 10,000 referral partners who regularly refer to us so just making sure that they are at the forefront of our strategy is really important and that we're going to continue to really really rely on and proactively grow that piece of the growth um, strategy over the next five years M&A, I know. Sorry, go ahead. Yeah, no, exactly. I was going to say, is M&A, uh, is this a tough business for M&A? Is it a possibility? Um, so M&A is a possibility, but it's also very tough, as I'm sure you can probably attest to. So if we were to look at acquiring firms, which we do, we look at this often, we really have to keep things in mind. So, for example, we don't necessarily want to be acquiring a firm that is you know, a sole practitioner that 90% of their business is going to be gone if that lawyer decides to uh, retire. So we would have to identify a firm where the revenue of the business is not tied to, you know, one or two owners. That's, and that's a huge chunk of the businesses, as you know. So that already gets rid of, you know, tons of them. You go and buy a mom and pop shop up in wherever, Aurelia. I mean, good luck. Are you, how much of that business are you going to be able to maintain if they retire or if they leave and yeah sure we can structure the agreement so it takes that into account but if that business leaves it's a huge waste of time so i would say that m a is a strategy that can work but there aren't that many targets there are probably you know you want to look at businesses where there are several people who can actually you know provide the services it's not tied to one person's reputation and there's also culture. So culture fit is huge. We're a very forward thinking firm. And, you know, I would call this young, but we really, it, it's not young age wise. It's sort of just the vision and the alignment amongst our team members is such that if we were to merge or, you know, acquire a firm, it wouldn't be easy to find a firm that we could naturally integrate easily. So I think managing that acquisition or that merger would be something that we would have to put a lot of time and money into, which is okay. It also means that you don't want to be wasting your time on little acquisitions. So I, where I could see this working really well would be in other provinces. So we're currently licensed in BC and Alberta for real estate closings, but we don't, we don't do much over there yet because there's a lot to do in Ontario. We're set up to go. When we want to hit the street, um, you know, hit the ground running hard, it makes a lot of sense to explore whether or not there's someone to merge with or acquire in those markets. Because, you know, let's face it, Albertans want to deal with Albertans, right? You're not going to walk in there as an Ontario company and be able to get a huge um, following of referral partners coming in from Ontario. It's just not going to happen. It makes a lot more sense to partner up with companies or look at, you know, various M&A options where people have that reputation, where they have a foothold in the market. 
but we're bringing in other things that can really, you know, add some firepower to it. I have one last question for you. It's a question I ask all our guests. Um, you know, we're obviously all in this uh, incredibly interesting times with all that's going on. Um, where do you see the market going when you look at your business and you see the future and, you know, we have all these pandemic and uh, war and inflation, interest rates, supply chain. Where do, you, where do you see the market going when you look at it from your, your point of view and your business? Um, well, I guess, are you referring to the real estate market or are you referring to the legal market for real estate services? Well, m more in, in connection with your business itself and the growth of your business and, and the success of your business. And, and where do you see the market going? So, look, I'm very optimistic. Um, I mean, I'm optimistic by nature. Um, and that's been very helpful over the years. I'm also optimistic with regard to this specific business where, in our, you know, I wouldn't be doing this. But what, what I see happening is real estate closings, real estate legal closings, have been done the same for a very, very, very long time. And we are only now starting to make these incremental changes. And again, there are a few players out there who are really pushing the envelope, pushing things hard. And I'm, I'm very optimistic about being able to change the standard that people expect when they want to close their home. And part of what makes me optimistic is I can look to other markets. I can look at look to the UK, for example, and there are a couple of companies there. And, you know, they've been actually very successful in the M&A um, area in terms of they rely on both organic growth and M&A, um, you know, private equity backed, and they've done a very good job. So they've gotten to the point where they've consolidated the market a lot more than it is in Canada. It's still pretty fragmented, but, um, you know, where they can get to, let's say, 140,000 closings a year. Whereas, you know, our top companies here are doing, you know, maybe, maybe 1500 a month. So, you know, it's, you know, maybe 20,000 a year or something like that. So there's a lot of room to growth. I think it can, I think it can happen. I think that it has been demonstrated elsewhere in other markets that this type of, um, you know, just raising the standard of what to expect for closings is possible. And, and it's what people want. They get it in all areas of their life why are not they not getting it when they're buying a home? There are a million things. You're buying a home. I mean, you bought homes, Mario. You're, you're getting a truck. You're moving your stuff. You're trying to keep your you know, family you know, happy and sane. And the last thing you want to do is be driving around the city trying to figure out what the heck your lawyer wants and, and using a fax machine. You have no idea how many, how many law firms still use fax machines. I mean, it's ridiculous. So just I, I think there is a – I see what um, – certainly in Canada – I see this market starting to consolidate and I see there being a lot of room for a couple companies to come in and really raise that bar and change the way that, you know, change, change the way that consumers expect things to happen. And mortgage brokers, real estate agents, they're really leading the way too. So they have a very strong appetite to partner with, you know, legal closing shops who can provide the same level of service. I, mean, I want to thank you. It's it's been wonderful to have you join us, uh, and wonderful to hear about the you know innovative and creative work you're doing with with Axis. It's uh, it's exciting uh, hearing you talk about it. It's exciting from a number of perspectives, uh, and being a lawyer, hearing about change in our space for me is always a great thing. Uh, so thank you for joining us. Really appreciate your insights, uh, and it's great to have you here telling the great Axis story. And good luck with the story as it continues to grow and flourish. Thanks, Mario. I appreciate it. And thanks for having me on today.